0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that when Jotham, the son of Uzziah, reigns in Judah, he's a good king. But when his son Ahaz comes to the throne, he's a very bad king. We each have our choices to make and will be judged accordingly. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 15 on Simply the Bible.
0: You know, they say that the apple never falls too far from the tree, but that's not really true because there can be good parents that have bad kids and there can be bad parents that have good kids. The bottom line is we each have our choices to make and we're each different people and we're going to be held accountable for those choices that we make. We continue in 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 32. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. However, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. And the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Reason, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, against Judah. So Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place." Jotham was the 11th king of Judah. He was considered a good king. Including him, there were 10 kings of Judah left, but only two others, Hezekiah and Josiah, would be considered good kings. The nation was going downhill in a hurry. Like his father Uzziah, Jotham was both a builder and a warrior. We get more of the details of his life from Second Chronicles chapter 27. He built the upper gate of the temple and repaired the walls of Jerusalem. He built cities in the mountains of Judah and fortresses in the forests. He fought against the Ammonites and defeated them, exacting an annual tribute of four tons of silver and 62,000 bushels of both wheat and barley. Now, the reason for Jotham's success is found in 2 Chronicles 27.6. So, Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord is God. If you are just starting out in life, or if you've been around for a while, like me, you can become strong and successful in what you do if you will prepare your ways before the Lord. That means trusting in the Lord with all your heart and seeking his will and his ways and then applying that in all you do. In Jotham's days, God raised up Rezan, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the king of Israel, against Judah. This was an international problem that would come into full swing during the reign of Jotham's son Ahaz. After a 16-year reign, Jotham died and was buried in the tomb of the kings in the city of David. Chapter 16. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. Now, Ahaz was just a terrible king. In fact, probably the worst king of Judah to this point. And we ask that question, how do bad kids come from good parents? Or how do good kids come from bad parents? Because that happens too. And we really don't know. It just happens because people are different and they have their own choices to make. But I would encourage you to read Ezekiel chapter 18 Ezekiel goes into great detail about that there are good sons that come from bad parents and bad kids that come from good parents verse 3 but Ahaz walked in the way of the kings of Israel indeed he made his son pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places of on the hills, and under every green tree. Ahaz did the very deplorable thing of causing his son to pass through the fire, sacrificing his son to the god Molech. This probably happened in a place called Topheth, an altar or high place in the valley of Hinnom, which was outside the city walls of Jerusalem. And that was the place where they would offer their children as child sacrifices in the fire. We know later that Josiah would defile that place so that no man might make his son or daughter pass through the fire to Molech. And if that weren't bad enough, we just see that Ahaz offered incense and sacrifices on every high place under every green tree, every place he could follow the pagan practices, he did it. Then Reason, king of Syria and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to make war. And they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Reason, king of Syria, captured Eloth for Syria and drove the men of Judah from Eloth. Then the Edomites went to Eloth and dwell there to this day. So in every way, God was just showing Ahaz that he, he was against him because he was bringing all of these enemies against him and he was failing in warfare. Both the king of Syria and the king of Israel came against Ahaz, invading the land of Judah. Uh, the king of Syria defeated him and carried away a great multitude of the people of Judah as captives and brought them to Damascus. And then Pekah, the king of Israel, killed 120,000 in Judah in one day. These were valiant men. And this happened because the people of Judah, under Ahaz's leadership, had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. But we see that the kings of Syria and Israel besieged Jerusalem, but they did not destroy it. Now this happened because God himself was giving Ahaz a chance. He was letting Ahaz's faith be tested. And we see this in Isaiah chapter seven, because Isaiah was a prophet during this time. And the Lord sent Isaiah the prophet to Ahaz saying, look, the kings of Syria and Israel are besieging Jerusalem, but I'm not going to let them come through and take it. And then the Lord said to Ahaz, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God, ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. So God was saying, look, Ahaz, I will give you a sign to show you that I am God and then I'm taking care of you and then I can stop these kings that are coming against you. But, but Ahaz sort of feigned piety and said, look, I'm not going to ask for a sign. But really, God wanted to give him a sign. And so Isaiah said, well, since you won't ask for a sign, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel." It's interesting that the sign that God would give to Ahaz would have its complete fulfillment in the Messiah being born uh, to a woman, to a virgin. So anyway... It's interesting that God was willing to go the distance to prove himself to King Ahaz, but Ahaz was so reprobate that he would have nothing to do with it, even though God was willing to protect him um, if Ahaz would just trust in him. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser. King of Assyria saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel who rise up against me. So he wouldn't go to the Lord. Instead, he reached out to the king of Assyria for help. And Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house and sent it as a present to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria heeded him for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it, carried its people captive to Ker, and killed Rezin. Now King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest the design of the altar and its pattern according to all its workmanship. Then Uriah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Uriah the priest made it before King Ahaz came back from Damascus. So while King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, he saw an altar there in Damascus, and he thought, well, the Syrians are doing pretty well. I'm going to copy that altar. And so he gave orders to the high priest to make uh, an altar identical to the one in Damascus. And when the king came back from Damascus, the king saw the altar, and the king approached the altar and made offerings on it. So he burnt his burnt offering and his grain offering, and he poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on this altar. Okay, This is the supposed new and improved altar, but really it was just a a cheap copy of a pagan altar. He also brought the bronze altar, which was before the Lord, from the front of the temple, from between the new altar and the house of the Lord, and put it on. On the north side of the new altar. So he took the bronze altar that God gave instructions to Moses that would be for the burnt sacrifices and he shoved it to the side and instead he offered sacrifices on this pagan altar. Then King Ahaz commanded Urijah the priest, saying, On the great new altar, burn the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt sacrifice and the grain offering with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their grain offering and their drink offerings and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. And the bronze altar shall be for me to inquire by. Thus did Urijah the priest according to all that King Ahaz commanded. Urijah didn't even try to stop him from doing all of this illegal activity, but he just caved in To King Ahaz. Then King Ahaz cut off the panels of the carts and removed the labors from them, and he took down the sea from the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a pavement of stones. Also, he removed the Sabbath pavilion which they had built in the temple, and he removed the king's outer entrance from the house of the Lord on account of the king of Assyria. Now, the rest of the acts of Ahaz which he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah so Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David then Hezekiah his son reigned in his place they buried him in the city of David but not in the tombs of the kings because of his total wickedness he had done great evil in the eyes of the Lord even though he had a great example from his father and yet we see that each of us is going to give an account of himself before the Lord. We need to be wise about the choices we make and choose those things that God has declared
1: are right. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Hosea reigns in Israel as the last king. God testifies against the sins of the northern kingdom and sends them into Assyrian captivity. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings, on Simply the Bible.